Is this the Owens residence? I'm Mr. Belvedere. Everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Tea Time with Mr. Belvedere, a Mr. Belvedere podcast. Well, because this month is November, I've decided to go back to season two and cover the Thanksgiving episode entitled The Letter. This is season two, episode nine, which aired on November 22nd, 1985, right before Thanksgiving. Kevin secretly joins the football team. This episode has an 8.0 out of 10 on IMDb based on 20 ratings. This episode was directed by Noam Pitlick, writers Frank Dungan, the creator, Jeff Stein, the creator, Gwen Davenport, based on the character Belvedere, Ken, his last name is Cinnamon? Oh, that's cool. And also written by Karen Wengra. W-E-N-G-R-O-D. Now, I'm looking at the back of the DVD box. This is... The synopsis for this is just a smidge different. Football almost ruins Thanksgiving for the Owens family. You know how big of a sports nut... I mean, George is a sportscaster. He's a, you know, radio announcer. He's very into sports, so the idea that his oldest son or even his youngest son are not big sports nuts like himself does not sit well with him. And he figured all along that Kevin really wasn't going to be the football star that he wanted him to be, so he kind of started putting that pressure onto Wesley, but Kevin's feeling the pinch of, oh, if I don't get a letter in football or some sport, my dad's going to think I'm, like, absolutely worthless. So, and this comes right around the holiday of Thanksgiving. I believe this is the first Thanksgiving since Belvedere has worked with the Owens family. So, holidays are stressful enough without adding pressure from a parent to achieve greatness if you're not that big into sports. All right, we jump right into this cold open, and we are in the living room. We see the door open to the front of the house. We got Wesley. He is in his football gear, and Marsha is right behind him. Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> Wesley's all in a huff. He's like, Ugh, I quit. And I like how it says Owens right across the front of his jersey. What's up, buddy? Why are you quitting? Dad pressuring you? So we did get a little bit of continuity as Wesley's like, I quit. I'm going back to ballet. At least there they don't yell at you. They, well, they don't. <laughs> I've never taken ballet. I've never done football, but. So Marcia's heading up the stairs and she's like, honey, I don't get why you're so upset. I mean, I thought you played quite well. And, and she heads up the stairs, and Wesley just looks at Belvedere like, and that's the best my mom can say. I mean, I clearly suck. So George, of course, has got a football in his hand. He's like, hey, buddy, I thought you were excellent out there. And Heather even adds, like, hey, you even, you know, tackled somebody. And Wesley just kind of glowers at Heather like, I tackled my own quarterback. Wes, how did you do that? You're wearing the same colors. How the hell does that work? 
how would he? I don't know. Does he not understand the game? Maybe that helmet was obstructing his vision. So, Belvedere does tell them he does have sandwiches and fresh brownies in the kitchen for everyone. Wesley, of course, is not hungry. And George is trying to give Wes a pep talk, like, hey, buddy, you can't let some mistakes, like, get you down. And Wesley just looks at his dad like, dad, I fucking suck, okay? I get that. Why don't you get it? So he, George just looks at Wesley, hey, you are talking to him like a quitter, young man, and no son of mine is going to talk like that. Yes, it's all about you, George. Good golly. At least he's not at the level of Dan Scott from One Tree Hill, how he pressured the fuck out of Nathan Scott. Oy, oy, oy. Let's just be happy you don't have Dan Scott for a father. And instead of football, you're playing basketball. So George just says, hey, you can do anything you've set your mind to. And Wesley's just kind of sitting there in a, like a lump, like, I don't know. George says, hey, I'm going to clear the shit off the mantle so we can make room for your trophies and your medals and your... The whole time we're seeing this, Kevin is having his own issues. You know, hearing his dad talk like this to Wesley, of course, now this is getting Kevin down. Which George isn't even directing any of this at him. He's directing it at Wesley, but... Kevin's clearly heard this story before, probably when he was Wesley's age. It's like, well, Kevin, you clearly are no good at sports, so I'm going to throw everything I have and my hopes and my dreams of football stardom into my younger son, because you aren't any good at any of that. I quit. Hey, Wes. Bad day at the gridiron. <laughs> I'm going back to ballet. At least they don't yell at you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're so upset. I thought you played uh, quite well. And that's the best my mother can do. <laughs> hey, come on, Chip. You look great out there. Yeah, that was a really good tackle you made at the end. I tackled my own quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but you really nailed him. Yeah, I closed on everything. Yeah, well, now we finish the post-game show. I have sandwiches and fresh brownies out in the kitchen. Not hungry. Hey, come on, pal. You can't let a few mistakes get you down. Dad, I'm terrible. Hey, now you're talking like a quitter. And no son of mine's going to talk like that. You can do anything you set your mind to, right? No. You see that mantle? I'm going to get rid of all this junk and make room for your trophies and medals and all the stuff you're going to win. I am? Yeah. And now you're going to get back out there and you're going to bust your tail and you're going to hit them hard and pretty soon you'll be a real All-American, right? Right. Now get in there and hit those brownies. Okay. <laughs> that kid is so bad. There, there, George. He can't throw, he can't catch, he's got two left feet. I don't know why I put myself through this. Sentimental reasons? Huh? Well, look on the bright side, Dad. I mean, he can't be any worse than I was. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, only kidding, Kevin. Yeah, right, Dad. Real funny. <laughs> you know, George, I don't think that football is quite Wesley's cup of tea. Oh, yeah? Oh, maybe we should introduce him to one of your English sports, uh, like croquet or minding other people's business. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was only thinking of the boy. <laughs> hey, Wes is going to be fine. I just got to work with him a little, toss the ball around, maybe run a few plays, maybe even set up a tackling dummy. Speaking of which, uh, you busy later? <laughs> if you need anything, I'll be in the kitchen. Hey, what's your problem, Steve? 
I just gave you a couple of real good shots and you didn't come back with anything. I know, George. I finally realized that life is too short to waste on trying to even the score. Yeah, I guess I see what you mean. However, it'll make you feel better. I could say something like, why don't you take that football and set it up your nose? Lord knows there's room for it. <laughs> you don't have to thank me. <laughs> So, Wesley leaves to head into the kitchen, and George kind of just falls onto the couch. Like, oh my god, this kid is terrible. He's, 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 he's really bad. And Kevin's like, oh, come on, Dad. He can't be that bad. I mean, can he, is he, I bet he can't be worse than I was. And George kind of just turns his stare at Kevin like, well, you know what? You're actually right about that. No one can be worse than you. So, Kevin leaves, and then Belvedere just kind of tells George, you know, I really don't think that football is for Wesley. Maybe he should try something else. And George is like, oh, yeah, maybe you should try one of your Englishlings, like croquet or something like that. And he just, George just thinks, you know, all I got to do is work with him, run some plays, you know, throw the football around. Maybe you can be a tackling dummy for him, that kind of thing. It's like... Well, either if Wesley wants to do this, which he clearly doesn't, then let him put his efforts into something that he feels passionate about. You know, I mean, if a kid wants to play the sport, great, but don't. And I'm not saying if someone doesn't like something that they should quit. I'm just saying if they're being pressured into it to begin with, just, I, I honestly feel that kids should be able to put their passions into, like, whatever they want to do, and the parents should be supportive of that. Just because you're a guy and you're a big football or sports star, that don't put those pressures and demands onto your child and expect them to do that. Because they are, their, at the end of the day, they are their own person. They have their own wants and beliefs and everything, so... So we come out of the intro, and Wesley takes the phone off the hook and puts the phone into a drawer. Is he not wanting to receive a call? What's going on? Did he get into trouble again? This is Wesley. We already know. This is season two. We've established that Wes is a troublemaker. He gets into mischief. So Belvedere kind of notices... Wesley doing that with a phone, he asks him, why did you put the phone in the drawer? And Wesley's like, well, I know how you don't like to be disturbed when you're cooking, so I took the phone off the hook. And Belvedere clues in pretty quickly, like, okay, whatever you've done, clearly you've left a witness. And Wesley explains how his dad wants him to be, you know, kicking the football and practicing and stuff like that, and he kicked a football through the... Huffnagel's window, so that's probably why he was expecting them to call to complain to George, so that's why he took... Okay, yeah. So Belvedere is like, oh, Wesley, please tell me it wasn't the picture window, the big picture window that Grandma Huffnagel sits in front of. And Wesley's like, oh, no, it was the little one next to it. It was the, the one with the colored glass. And Belvedere makes a joke about how, oh, well, they can always, you know, go to the Vatican for another one. <laughs> I love Belvedere's quips. I honestly, Wes and Belvedere have the best 
on-screen chemistry. Their wit, their banter, I love it. That's probably why they get so much screen time. I see. I don't know exactly what you've done, but apparently you've left a witness. His dad wants me to practice my kicking every day, but I kicked one so good it broke one of Homer Huffnagel's windows. Wesley, please tell Mr. Belvedere it wasn't the big picture window. You know, the one where Grandma Huffnagel sits. Oh, don't worry, it wasn't. It was the little one. You know, with all the pretty colors. <laughs> Oh, the stained glass. Oh, no matter. They can always send to the Vatican for another one. Sorry, I'm just trying to get better. It's all right, Wesley. Now, you go and wash up. Later, we'll try and burn off your fingerprints. <laughs> Ricardo residence. So, Belvedere tells Wes, like, don't worry about it, because Wesley's like, I'm trying really, really hard to get good, and I want, you know, to make Dad proud of me. Belvedere says, don't worry about it, maybe, wash your hands, and maybe we can get your fingerprints off, so that way, uh, they won't be able to catch you. And Wesley heads out through into the living room, and that's when Kevin comes in, and he's kind of wringing his neck a little with the back of his hand a little, like his neck is like really stiff. So he goes straight to the refrigerator, pulls out the carton of milk, and just starts downing it. And Belvedere is like, uh, oh, you know what? We were going to throw out the glasses. I was thinking of getting rid of all the glasses. So he's just making a joke. Like, there are like five other people in this house. Why are you? And that is like a court carton of milk and there's six people in the house they should have probably a big thing of milk hey mr Belvedere. hello kevin tough day out in the teenage wasteland <laughs> go ahead i was thinking of throwing out all the glasses anyway <laughs> Kevin, is that just for you, or is Yugoslavia dropping by? <laughs> no, it's for me. But dinner will be ready in less than an hour. I'll eat then, too. Will you be eating every hour? I mean, maybe I should open up a buffet. <laughs> Look, I'm just trying to put on a little weight. I'm going out for football. Oh, why? Because it's starting again. What's starting? Dad and his sports thing. I mean, he's got this hang-up about trophies. And he's not going to be happy until someone in this house brings one home. And if Wesley can't do it, then maybe I can. Well, I think that's very nice, Kevin. I'm sure your father will be delighted. Hey, I don't want Dad to know, or anybody else. Why not? Because I don't want to tell him what I'm doing until I do it. You know, make it through the season, get my varsity letter. I just don't want to get Dad's hopes up and then fail again. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Your secret is safe with me. <clears throat> So, Kevin, after he drinks out of the milk carton, he starts grabbing bread to make a sandwich and, like, bologna or salamis, a bag of tomatoes, and some other stuff. And Belvedere just is looking at him like, what? Why are you making all of this? Why are you? We're going to be eating in, like, an hour. And Kevin's like, oh, well, I, I'll eat then, too. And Belvedere's like, um, are you planning on eating, like, every hour on the hour? So, Kevin explains that he is trying to bulk up, put a little weight on, 
so he can go out for the football team. And Belvedere, of course, is like, why would you do something like that? Because of George is starting up again with the whole thing with the trophies and the medals. And Kevin feels like Dad's not going to be happy until I bring one home. Like, if Wes can't do it, then I'll do it. It's like, basically, he wants to shut his dad up. And like, here, I got you. He he's basically thinks if he gets on the football team, gets a letter from it, you know, finishes out the season, he'll have a letter, and then his dad will be proud of him. It's like, that's not a... It's like you're doing it just to make him happy. That's not a reason to, to do that. But this is supposed to be, like, November. What time does football start up? I mean, you'd think you'd be training in the summer before the team starts up in the fall. That is way too fucking late. Unless they really are losing football players and are having tryouts. So that's when George comes in, sees all this food on the counter near the stove, and he's like, what is all of this? And Belvedere kind of jumps in and says, oh, that's me. I'm planning on um, uh, getting a little something to tie me over before dinner. And Kevin makes a joke about, I don't know where he puts it. Well, the thing is, Kevin did say, please don't tell anybody about this, that I'm doing the football thing until I've earned my letter. Because the last thing he needs is for his dad to start razzing on him. Or saying, oh, you're going out for football? You suck, remember? Why are you doing this? So in the next scene, we have Wesley coming into the living room. And he's really bowling. You know how the, guy, the football guys, they do with the, with the tires and stuff? They're kind of running their legs through them and stuff. Wesley comes in running with his legs bow-legged like that. And he explains to his dad, I ran through all the tires. And I did 21 wind sprints. And then I knocked down Mr. I ran into Mr. Belvedere, knocked him down while he was taking out the trash. Was that supposed to happen? <laughs> or was that merely by coincidence? I mean, I know George made a joke about Belvedere being a tackling dummy, but I don't think there was any real, like, he was going to do that. So, Marshall's like, Wes, why did you... And George is like, oh, way to go, buddy. I'm proud of you. Wesley says he's been eating nonstop for a month and he's not getting any bigger. Well, buddy, you've got a low, you got a high metabolism. That shit is gonna burn off. And not to mention, you're working out and stuff and running around. You're probably burning off everything you're eating. Hey, Dad. <laughs> I just ran through all the tires, did 21 sprints, and tackled Mr. Belvedere while he was taking out the garbage. <laughs> It's okay, you didn't spill any. That's the spirit, champ. <laughs> Only thing is, Dad, I've been eating a lot for a month, and I'm still not getting any bigger. Sure you are. <laughs> I think I should take steroids. <laughs> They're supposed to make you as big as a steer. Wesley, those things are very dangerous. Yeah, Wes. The only people who take that stuff are either very stupid <laughs> or East Germans who are tired of being women. Wesley, you blindsided Mr. Belvedere. That's 15 yards. <laughs> a boiled tongue and broccoli. Mom, Dad, better come quick. What's wrong? Kevin's getting in a fight with the hot snakes. Listen, Homer, next time a stupid Doberman comes near me, I'm going to knock his head off. What happened? Nothing. Stupid dog. I got to teach some manners. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Wesley even mentions, like, maybe I should get on steroids. And Marsha's like, honey, those are very dangerous. And George even says, you know, buddy, that's actually for people that are really stupid or, what do you say, German men that are tired of looking like women or something to that effect? Of course, this is all interrupted. Oh, Belvedere comes in <laughs> and says, you, uh, knocked down, you knocked me down, buddy. Why'd you do that? <laughs> and Wesley apologizes. But Heather interrupts this as she comes in and says, Kevin's getting in a fight with Homer Hoffnagel. You mean the grown man next door? Kevin is like in a dang huff. He's like, oh my gosh, your damn dog. If it fucking comes near me again, I'm going to fucking kill it. Like, shit! And they're all looking at him like, Kevin, what is your problem? And Kevin's all like, nothing, nothing's wrong. So he goes into the kitchen, sits on the stool near the stove, and downs, I'm guessing, a soda, and then crushes it against his head? Yeah, you got some stuff to answer for. You don't talk to adults like that. Belvedere comes in and sees him crushing this can on his forehead. He's like, oh, wow, can you do that with a canned ham? And Kevin's like, oh, well, most of the guys on the team do this. It, it, it supposedly makes you mean. Kevin, you can be a great football player and not be an asshole. You don't have to be a thug. My girl. You need to not hang out with a football team then. They've got a bad influence on you. And the thing that I gotta ask, why is it just Belvedere going in there? I mean, George and Marcia should really be like, son, what is your problem? That is not how you speak to adults. But we all know that Belvedere is the best person who can get the problem out of the kids. Not to mention, I have not heard one damn word about Thanksgiving yet. Is this something that just happens at the very- Oh, by the way, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Like, hey, if you're trying to keep this whole football thing a secret, you might want to check your attitude. Because you running around here being a dick to everybody and proving that you're a big, bad, macho guy, that's not helping your case. You know, what happened to, uh, what he, he said, adorable and sensitive Kevin. Be him. Be that guy. You can still be that guy and play football. But Kevin's like, I gotta psych myself up. The last game of the season is coming up around Thanksgiving. That's how you psych yourself. I don't play football. I'm not a guy. I don't know these things. Football players, is this what you do? Is this what you do to get ready for a big game? You can't put your heart and determination and... and positive thoughts and stuff into your mind to psych yourself up that way? 
I don't know. I don't know. So in the next scene, Belvedere's coming through the door. George is sitting on the couch. Belvedere has a, a bag of groceries. Bag of something. Because George says, hey, do you got the stuff for, you know, tomorrow? And Belvedere just looks at him like, what's tomorrow? And George is like, well, it's Thanksgiving. If you don't get your stuff for Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving's the next day, you are shit out of luck. Anything you want, need, whether it's pumpkin pie, cranberry sauce, uh, a turkey, stuffing, any of that shit's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. Because who goes shopping like the week, like, if you're preparing for a big Thanksgiving feast, you don't go the week of Thanksgiving. You go at least a couple weeks or so in advance of Thanksgiving to prepare. Because if you go the week of and you're thinking, I'm going to get this, 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 and this, and then you're going to bitch because there's nothing left and everyone else got it, well, yeah, you're going to be a sad sack. So, yeah, Belvedere's got some noodles, just a box of noodles in that bag, that's all. And he's like, well, we could have some tuna casserole. And George was like, well, we don't have casserole on Thanksgiving. We have a turkey. And Belvedere is just like flummoxed. Like, what? Turkey? So I don't know whether they celebrate Thanksgiving in the UK. I, we all have just different customs. I don't know. Maybe people do things differently. But he's clearly must have heard of Thanksgiving. for tomorrow? Tomorrow? What's tomorrow? It's Thanksgiving. Oh. Well, I've got a box of noodles. Perhaps we could have a nice tuna casserole. <laughs> you don't have tuna casserole on Thanksgiving. Why not? Because it's a holiday. It's special. Not to me. <laughs> Look, it's tradition, okay? We're celebrating the time the pilgrims came over, and we're having a tough go. And then the Indians showed up with a bunch of stuff, and everybody had a nice dinner. What do they do after dinner? Steal their land? <laughs> that came later. Uh, this turkey weighs a ton. Pumpkin weighs two tons. You were saying? So George explains Thanksgiving to Mr. Belvedere about how the pilgrims were having a tough go. Was it the pilgrims or the Indians? Okay, and then the Indians showed up and <laughs> then they all had a big old you know, they brought stuff with them. They had a feast. And then Belvedere makes a joke about, oh, what they do the, after that? Did they, uh, take their land? Wait a minute. Is he getting the... I thought that... Didn't the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower and then they brought stuff to the Indians, right? Okay, I clearly do not know my history. I am sorry. I guess I should watch the peanuts on the Mayflower and... You'd think I would know this. I've been around for 36 years. <laughs> I know I've heard the stories. So that's what they're sell why they celebrate Thanksgiving. Of course, Heather and Wesley come in, and Heather's got a turkey. Wes has got a giant ass pumpkin. Just buy a pumpkin pie that's already made. A pumpkin that weighs as much as Wesley he's carrying in. So, of course, Belvedere just looks at George and kind of grins, like, <laughs> just fucking with you. I know what Thanksgiving is. 
That's when Marcia comes in and says, honey, look, I found Kevin's report card mixed in with the bills. And I can see why he didn't want us to find it because he apparently Kevin's dropped a grade in every single class. Um, I'm pretty sure that in order to play sports, you do have to keep your grades up. And you have to, unless they didn't do that back in 1980, whatever, 80-something this year, this episode was in. Because I remember when I was in school, I saw a lot of the, the sports guys that were in class that had to bring this piece of paper to be signed by the teacher on their work and their grades and all that stuff. That's when Kevin comes in and George and Marsha are really pissed off. Like, what the fuck is going on with you, Kevin? Why did you think that you could hide this from us? He's like, oh, you weren't supposed to find out about that until after Christmas. George wastes no time saying, you know what? You are grounded. Big time. You get your butt home after school. And Kevin's like, well, when is this supposed to start? And George is like, when do you think it starts now? And Kevin says, no, I have somewhere I have to be tomorrow. And George is like, what? You got a broad stash someplace? <laughs> what? George, you are so sexist. And Marcia corrects George, like, you mean a young lady? And Kevin's just like, no, I got something personal I gotta do. And George isn't here. He's like, no, you are grounded. If you live under my roof, you will live by my rules. Kevin says, no, I'm not gonna live under your roof then. And Belvedere's like, Kevin, come on. And Kevin just rushes out like, forget it, Mr. Belvedere, I'm done. And he slams the door and he leaves. Are you kidding me? What is it? Just tell him the fucking truth. So I'm going to play this clip. <laughs> George, George, look what I found. What is it? Kevin's report card. It was mixed in with the bills and magazines. He's had it for a week. I can see why he hid it. He dropped the grade and everything. You believe this? <laughs> what makes a kid's grades drop like this? Too many walnuts? <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't find that till after Christmas. Kevin, what happened? Yeah, how do you expect to get in college with grades like these? Football scholarship? <laughs> I'm in no mood for your jokes. All right, look, I'm sorry. I'm going to study harder, and I'm going to do a lot better, I promise. Well, you're going to study all right. You're grounded. Huh? Home every day by 3 o'clock, and that's the law. Starting when? What do you mean, starting when? Starting now. I can't start now. I'll start Monday. You'll start today. I can't. I have to do something tomorrow. Like what? It's personal. What's going on? You got a broad stash someplace? Poor young lady. Look, I just don't want to talk about it. Kevin, what's going on? Lately, you've been acting like someone we don't even know. I'm sorry. Can't you just trust me? It's a little late for that, pal. Look, I've got to go out tomorrow, and I'm going. Listen, Buster, as long as you're living under my roof, you'll live by my rules. Then maybe I shouldn't live under your roof. Kevin? Kevin? Forget it, Mr. Belvedere. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Well, it's Thanksgiving Day because Heather comes down the stairs. Wesley has plopped himself in front of the TV and he's watching the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And Heather's like, Wesley, how can you watch this? We don't even know where Kevin is. So Wesley kind of humors Heather like, and he leans forward like, I'm looking for him in the crowd. No, he's not in New York, buddy. He's not at the M Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. I can tell you that. 
So Heather turns the TV off and Wesley just says, hey, dad says that Kevin, if he's old enough to walk out the door, he's old enough not to have us chasing after him like a little kid. Just let him, have Belvedere go talk to him or something, you know, straighten his mind out. You know, he'll come back, just, he needs to cool off. But on Thanksgiving, Wesley, you are just like your daddy. And Heather says, well, that's not my, what mom thinks. And Wesley looks at Heather and says, well, it doesn't matter what mom thinks because mom's not the man. You sexist little troll. <laughs> what are you doing? Watching your Thanksgiving Wesley a sexist pig and in return Wesley goes <laughs> and Belvedere hears him like Wesley please stop oinking you'll be fed in a second <laughs> I liked that the phone rings Belvedere picks it up turns out it's Kevin and he gives the address to where he's located just as George and Marsha come down the stairs they're like is that Kevin and Apparently, Kevin doesn't want to talk to his parents. Belvedere asks, do you want your mom and dad are here? Do you want to speak to them? And apparently not because Belvedere says, all right then, bye. So, he's got the address for where Kevin is located. And apparently it's Skid Row. It's a bad area. Sorry, guys, I've been drinking pop, so now I'm going to mm, have indigestion, apparently. Um, <laughs> Marsha wants to go down there and... George is like, honey, we didn't, he walked out on his own two feet, okay? We didn't kick him out. So whatever's going on with him, he's got to sort this out himself. And 
they figure Belvedere knows what's going on. It's like, you know what's going on with Kevin? And Belvedere says, well, I do, but he told me in confidence and I'm not going to betray his trust. And I can assure you, well, this is after the contract episode. So, of course, Marcia brings up, what if he's drinking again? Belvedere says, no, he's not drinking. It's not sex. It's not drugs. So don't worry about that. And I think Belvedere's gonna, you know, have a talk with him. Because if anyone can straighten out what Kevin's going through, it's going to be Belvedere. And we get a shot of, is this an apartment or a, a motel? Because it is really nasty looking. I mean, Marcia did say Skid Row. Or Schittsville. Ugh. Well, he wanted Belvedere to bring a school book, some socks, and some other stuff. I don't know what a can of black flag is. Is it, uh, I don't know what that is. So Kevin's got a pot that he's stirring. So he's probably got one of those, um, hot plate type things. That place does not look fit for a cockroach to sleep in, let alone a human child, human teenager. So, there's knock at the door. You think it's Belvedere. No, it's some woman who lives across the hall who, her name is Cher. She looks, is this a man or a woman? I'm going to look this up. Okay, so, the act, okay, is, is actress Mary Waranov. She's been in some stuff. A bunny tail. Oh, yeah, that was with uh, Joanna Kearns from Growing Pains and, um, um, Delta Burke was in this movie? Kirstie Alley. Yep. So she's invited herself in, and Kevin is surprised. He's like, oh, I was expecting my housekeeper. And she makes a joke about how, oh, I let my housekeeper go last week. Like, uh, why are you there? He's 18. Wait, no, he's not 18 yet, is he? Wait, is he? He said his name is Kevin. He's underage. Okay, he is 17, not 18 yet. Because I thought when he turned 18, he slept with that 30-something-year-old older woman and lost his virginity to her. So she asked Kevin for a can of cranberry sauce, and he's like, oh, what are you going to do with it? And she's like, I'm going to eat it, kid. You know, like with stuffing and turkey and everything like that. It's Thanksgiving. It's like, did you forget already, Kevin? If you're looking for, on Thanksgiving, you're looking for a can of cranberry sauce, are you, lady, why didn't you get that when you got all the other stuff? Well, he gives her applesauce as he roots through the bag. I take it Belvedere's already been there, or did he just pick himself up something? What is he cooking on that stove? It's gotta be soup. Does he give her a hot plate, too? Because she didn't have anything in her hands before. So Belvedere comes in with a bag of stuff, and he just looks at this exchange as Cheryl's leaving to go across the hall, and seeing Kevin there, and kind of like, okay, did I miss something? What happened, dear? Give her my hot plate and some canned goods. Mm. Today you didn't have any stockings or chocolate bars. She might have moved in with you. <laughs> well, Kevin, what a delightful room. Hey, look, I don't need any wisecracks, Mr. Belvedere. It's the best I can do, okay? No, I mean it. It reminds me of a hovel on the left bank I once shared with Jean-Paul Sartre. He was busy forming his philosophy of existential nihilism, and I was going out for track. Yeah, thanks for bringing my stuff, Mr. Lombardier. You know, your mother's very upset. I figured. And I think your father is, too. Tough. 
You know, Kevin, for someone who's set out to make your father happy, you're doing a very miserable job of it. Thanks. Why don't you just tell him you're playing football and have done with all this foolishness? Look, I've got to do this my own way. I'll tell him when I have the leather in my hand. It's up to you. So listen, I have to look over some plays for tonight. Oh, that's right. The last game of the season. Oh, you must be very excited. Yeah, I might even get to play. <laughs> it must be very exhilarating. Out on the field, being cheered by strangers. Look, just tell Mom that I'm okay and I'll call her tomorrow. And your father? I don't care. Make something up. I've become very good at that. Kevin, are you sure you want to stay here? Yeah. And you're not coming home? No. Oh. Can I have your room? <laughs> So, Belvedere kind of makes a joke about how Kevin's place being, you know, kind of run down and stuff reminds him of when, whether Belvedere was either in college or something and his roommate was studying something and or either he was writing a book or something and Belvedere was going for track. Kevin opens the door like, okay, you can leave now. I don't need your wisecracks. And... Belvedere just says, Kevin, why don't you stop all this foolishness? Tell your father you're playing football and, you know, ease up on your parents a bit. You know, your mother is really worried about you and your dad is as well. Kevin says, I can't do that until I have the letter in my hand. And apparently there's a game on Thanksgiving and Kevin's like, yeah, I may even get to play. So do you get a letter even if you don't play at all? Like if you're just warming the bench the whole season? That doesn't... Isn't that almost like a participation award? Like, you were there even though you really didn't get to play at all? Because Kevin mentions how he's got to look over some plays for t before tonight, which is the game. Which, why in the world would they have a football game on Thanksgiving? They wouldn't have a football game on Thanksgiving. That is bullshit. So Kevin says he'll call his mom tomorrow and Belvedere's like well what do you want me to tell your father and Kevin says I don't care just make something up he's not happy with his dad he doesn't have anything to say to his father he just wants to get that letter Wesley have you finished with the relish tray in a second hey Mr. Belvedere look <laughs> Wesley don't wear olives in the house but I do it every Thanksgiving it's a tradition well, start a new tradition. Behave yourself. Okay. Gee, I wish Kevin was going to be here for dinner. So do I. So when's he coming back? I don't know. No, he's been gone almost the whole day. I mean, when I run away, I may say I'm never coming home, but I always do. Yes, I'd be meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> All right, colonists. It's gobble-gobble time. Even though one of us 
seems far away and small and is old and far from. Thanks anyway. Amen. Amen. Well, have a nice dinner. Well, <coughs> time for Pop to carve old Tom here. Who wants the drumstick? <laughs> that was always Kevin's favorite. She's right. I, I can just see him sitting there, spilling something. Come on, Mom, it'll be okay. Yeah, he'll probably see me. Anyone need anything? More gravy? Stuffing? A crutch for the empty chair? All right, all right, I'll go get him. He's not at the hotel. Well, where is he? You know what I enjoy after a particularly disastrous dinner? <coughs> a in? A high school football game. What? Mr. Belvedere is in the kitchen basting the turkey and Wesley is getting like the relish tray which I guess is like a vegetable platter and Wesley puts black olives on his fingers. You know how people do like with the bugles they put them on the fingers and he kind of waves <laughs> waves olives around and Mr. Belvedere is please don't play with those and Wesley tells him it's a tradition he does it every year and Mr. Belvedere is like, well, why don't you do a new tradition? <laughs> so Wesley, like, takes the olives off his fingers and puts them back into the bowl. I'm like, oh, I'm sure your hands may be clean, but ugh, don't put those back in there. Throw them out. Oh, he tells Wesley not to wear olives in the house. Wesley almost made it sound like he was a grandma. <laughs> Wesley looks so cute in that open collar sweater with the tie and and the shirt collar it's so adorable so wesley asked mr belvedere is kevin gonna be here and mr belvedere says i don't know bud i don't know wesley and apparently according to wesley kevin's been gone a whole day a whole day seriously oh my goodness well he did leave the day before thanksgiving so it's probably coming up on 24 hours so Wesley says, you know, when I, whenever I run away from home, I say I'm never coming back, but I always do. And Mr. Belvedere makes a joke like, oh yeah, by the way, I want to talk to you about that. We need to work on that. <laughs> so Mr. Belvedere brings out the turkey and Wesley's got this cute little pilgrim hat on. So George kind of commends Heather like, oh, you did a nice job with the table. And she's like, yeah, I even set a place for Kevin. And Marsha kind of gets kind of sobby, waterworks, like, oh, yeah, I can just imagine him spilling something. So Wesley, because George is ready to start digging into the food, and Wesley's like, well, we got to say grace. We say it every year. And George makes the joke about how about yub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay, God. I heard that in My Girl, in the movie My Girl. And is that a, that's a, a thing, a popular thing, because it's been now quoted in two things now. And Wesley's like, I'll say grace. And he says, thank you for, you know, his family, his home, the food, and also for Kevin who can't be there. And the and apparently George is like, all right, all right, I'll go get him. It's like, I don't think he wants to see you. So Belvedere decides, hey, you know what I like to do after a, a thanks, after a big dinner? And George is like, what, an after dinner mint? And... Belvedere brings up the high school football game. So then we get stock footage of a football game. So the whole family turns out to see Kevin's crap hole of an apartment. It's really gross.
Or perhaps he went out with his teammates to celebrate their near victory. Hey, I don't get it. All he had to say was, hey, Dad, I'm taking football, and I would have said the hell with the grades. I mean, I could have helped him. You know, toss the ball around, give him some tips, drill him with some of his plays. Maybe that's why I didn't tell you. Kevin, are you all right? Yeah, Mom, I'm fine. You played real good out there, Kev. Yeah, it was great when you got that fumble and those 14 guys fell on top of you. Come on, children, let's go downstairs and see if our car still has tires. I'll be waiting. For both of you. So, you look pretty good out there. Thanks. Would have been nice to see some of your other games. I wanted to surprise you. What's this? It's my letter. Hey, you're supposed to put that on your varsity sweater. I didn't get it from me. I got it for you. Hey, come on, Kevin. Come on, Dad, time. take it. It's what you wanted all along. Then maybe you can lay off Wesley. What are you talking about? You're doing the same thing to him that you did to me. Don't you remember saying, you're going to make All-American, Kev? And don't be a quitter, Kev. I got the mantle already, Kev. But I never brought anything home, Dad, because I stunk. And you couldn't face that. Hey, all I cared about was that you tried. Oh, don't give me that. You wanted a winner. Somebody you could brag about. Someone you could point to and say, hey, that's my kid out there. Well, here, it's the best I can do. I'm sorry. Look, I'll admit I was a little disappointed in you, but that was a long time ago. I, I got over it. Well, maybe I didn't. All my life, all I ever cared about was trying to please you, trying to make you proud of me, trying to fill that space on the mound. But you know what? I just don't care anymore. Well, I wish I had the guts to tell that to my old man. Huh? I mean, nothing ever made him happy. <laughs> I mean, he was a bigger jerk than I was. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Hell, if I struck out or missed a block, I might as well not show up at the dinner table. I mean, this guy was... Look, unfair. Dad, I don't care what your father did to you. I care about us. I thought you said you didn't care. I mean, I'm the one that can't cut it. I mean, I couldn't cut it with my own man, and I'm not cutting it with you. Come on, Daddy. You're not that terrible. Well, no. If I'm doing such a great job, how come my kids live in a place like this? For effect? <laughs> Look, Dad, I'm not a jock, and I'm never going to be that football star you wanted. You just got to learn to take me for what I am. That's not so tough. So the family comes into Kevin's room even though Kevin isn't there. How the hell did they get in?
I don't know. <laughs> so the family, oh, Heather, as soon as she's like, wow, it's even uglier in here. It's like, yeah, I can only imagine what the outside looks like. So they all went to see Kevin play. And Wesley's like, oh, what do you think happened to Kevin? And Belvedere's like, well, you know, Wesley, he probably went out to celebrate with his teammates. Oh, Belvedere says they had a near victory, so they almost won? Well, oh well. It was close. So, George doesn't understand how Kevin wound up in this. You know, he could have been honest and told his dad that he was playing football. And George would have helped him. He said, well, f forget the grades, let's focus on this. You know, and he could have helped him, like, run through some plays and this and that. And Kevin, of course, is like, well, Dad, that's why I didn't tell you, because, you know, Kevin shows up in the doorway. So Marsha, of course, sees Kevin, like, oh, Kevin, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, Mom, don't worry about it. He throws his duffel bag on the bed. Uh, Belvedere says, hey, family, let's go outside and see if the hubcaps are still on, or the wheels are still on the vehicle. You know, that way he do, they do give Kevin and his father a time to talk. And Kevin all about just shoves that letter into his father's hand, like, here, I got this for you. And the reason Kevin says that he did that is because he saw how George was kind of laying into Wesley, and Kevin felt like, if I got this letter, maybe you would lay off of him, you'd have something to be proud of, you'd be able to tell people, hey, that's my kid out there, and everything. And... George goes on about his own father and how his own father pressured him to be good in sports and that if he didn't do good during practice, he may as well not even come home and everything. And Kevin doesn't want to hear it. It's like, I don't give a shit about you and your dad. I care about us and what's going on with us. And Bob Euchre, I don't know what this is. He's done this twice in this scene alone where he's kind of rubbing his hand over his mouth, over the side of his face. He does this twice. So I don't understand whether that he's just getting, if that's part of his character, well, he, that's just how he's trying to de-stress himself, or whether he, that's just the actor himself, like trying to keep himself in character or not lose his temper or whatever. I, I don't know, but it's just, he seems to do that a lot. It's almost like, maybe, is it almost like, like a, like a tick, maybe? I don't know. Or maybe it's just like you get nervous, you get just stressed, and you just start, like, you know, wringing the back of your own neck or something, or just rubbing across your, like, that. So, yeah, Kevin just saying how George was drilling it into his head from as soon as Kevin could walk or hold a football. It's like, you're gonna be all American, I have the ma the mantle all set up for all your trophies. And George is saying how, you know, all I cared about is that you tried. And Kevin's like, well, I stunk. You know, and I wasn't good, and you couldn't handle that. It's like, Kevin is just all this pressure. It's like, George didn't ask you to go out and do this. It's not, you did it yourself because you wanted to prove something to him. He didn't ask you to prove anything to him. So, I don't know. Just... Uh, it's almost like, it's a cycle. You know, one father does something to that ch child, that child grows up and does it to their child with the the wants and the, like, 
I didn't achieve the goals that my father wanted me to do. I'm going to put those aspirations into my kid's head. And then if he doesn't achieve them, then I'm going to get down on him. It's just... But luckily, you know, they make up and they get the hell out of that place. And of course, uh, what the heck is the woman's... Cheryl? I can't remember now. She's on the payphone. She's like, oh, thanks for everything, Kevy. And George kind of looks back like, what's this about? And Kevin is like shoving him like, dad, let's just go, okay? So now Kevin's back at home. It's nighttime. He's probably having a midnight snack in the kitchen and Wesley comes in. So Kevin is eating what's left of the Thanksgiving turkey. He's eating it cold, by the way. You can do that. It's not, you know, you're not going to get sick or anything. So Wesley comes in. He's like, I'm kind of hungry myself. Kevin says, hey, you want to help me finish off this turkey? Wesley's like, no, I'm going to go and scrape the marshmallows off these yams, as in the sweet potatoes. So he kind of sits down and is talking to Kevin and says, like, hey, I know you're getting down on Dad, being rough, you know, hard on you about, you know, the football thing. And, you know, I like I'm having fun. That's all I care about when I'm out there. It's not a big deal. I don't let it get to me. And this is a really sweet brother moment. And I like how Wesley kind of ruffles Kevin's hair and just says, now try to get some sleep. But before that, he says, well, Mr. Belvedere kind of helped me kind of figure this out. As the way, reason that things bother you so much is because you're a brooder. And the reason I don't worry about things too much is because I'm a sociopath. <laughs> that was cute. I liked that. All right, let's hear from Mr. Belvedere. He's writing in his journal. This is his first Thanksgiving with the Owens. He's got his piece of pumpkin pie with some whoop cream on it. Yum, yum, yum. In a few moments, my first Thanksgiving with the Owens family will be officially over. After a great deal of orchestration on my part, we actually had something to be thankful for. As usual, they provided me a cornucopia of chaos, dilemmas, intrigue, and leftovers. I don't even want to think about what they're getting me for Christmas. <laughs> so, Mr. Belvedere just says that due to a lot of good uh, orchestration on his part, as in, you know, he helped bring Kevin home, so that's what they had to be thankful for, that, you know, he helped Kevin come to his senses and come home. Well, I think also that George and Kevin needed to find... Kevin needed to get these things off his chest. And finally put this issue to ho hopefully put this issue to bed and be done with it. That we don't have to hear from it again. 
I like how he refers to like the corn the Owens family provided him a cornucopia of uh of chaos and dilemmas and intrigue and leftovers because <laughs> he's got that pumpkin pie there and he says I can't wait to see what they get me for Christmas as far as what he'll have to do. I don't think we get a Christmas episode until season four, which I will be doing in December. Um, so that is the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, as far as for the teacup rating, I'm going to give this one, hmm, well, hold on a sec. Let me think about this. So I've decided I'm giving this episode three out of five teacups. One for um, Wesley kind of, you know, praying and the family kind of guilting George into, like, oh, we really wish Kevin was here. You know, the family having Thanksgiving. I thought that was cute. Um, Mr. Belvedere pretending he doesn't know what Thanksgiving is and having George explain that. Um, Wesley and Kevin's brotherly talk at the very end. I thought that was very sweet. The two things I knocked off. Kevin being a jerk and screaming about how he wants to rip the dog, the Huffnagel's dog's head off because it tried to attack him or something. And he's just being an overall jerk. Kevin's whole attitude this episode and his fight with his dad. The way that the family was just saying, can you go get Kevin? This isn't George's fault. Kevin, as far as I'm concerned, chose to leave. Yes, George shouldn't be harping on Kevin and Wesley like that. But he, and he's a sports guy and everything that doesn't excuse his behavior. But the fact that Kevin is so hyped up that he left, got a room somewhere, and kept this whole thing from his dad just to shove this letter in his face. Like, I got, this is yours. I got it for you. It's like, Kevin, you are being a real dick right now. And your dad did not deserve that. And in fact, he single-handedly almost ruined Thanksgiving for that family with his attitude. Um, as far as Mr. Belvedere's biscuit bites, um, like I've said, don't put your ambitions on your children and expect them to perform in areas that you lacked in as far as, oh, I didn't succeed, so my kid's going to do this, and he's going to be better than I could ever be. And just don't, and especially around the holiday, just try not to, I know family gatherings, things can get heated, disagreements, arguments about people who believe in one thing or another and everything like that. It's like Thanksgiving is not the time to do that. That's why there's so much stress around holidays is because people get worked up, you know, people who make food and have everyone come over for the holidays, they get worked up and other people get worked up because the other people think that those that came over are unappreciative of all the work they put into things. It's like, come on, just, just be together and be happy. It's one freaking day. One frickin' day out of the year. Well, I mean, if you count Christmas, too, that's two days out of the year that are... Like, those are the biggest family gatherings, are Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this year, I've decided to spend Thanksgiving at my dad's house for the first time in about 14 years. Because I've been going with Jeremy to his fan, uh, relatives since we've met. And I just thought... You know, this year with my dad's health being what it is, I just, I want to be able to at least have 
a good thanks at least one good Thanksgiving that I can keep in my heart and everything. I mean, I hope, you know, there'll be some more, but we'll just, we'll cross that bridge as we come to it. But I, I just really hope, you know, with my, my dad, my sister, I just, I want us to be able to be together and have a good Thanksgiving and be able to hopefully share memories. So that being said, everyone have, honestly, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Leave the disagreements at the door and just, be happy that your family, you know, if they're, they're healthy and, and everyone's there and you're sharing memories that you can look back on and everything. So, all right, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Bye.